Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back, everybody, to Cue the music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Agents of Mace. Today is a special episode. Uh, we know that you have already heard, and if you haven't, go listen to it, uh, the latest Hawkeye episode. And next week, you will get another Hawkeye episode. So don't worry. This is just kind of some fun stuff that we're doing to get ready for Spider-Man, which comes out next week. So we are talking about... The original three live-action Spider-Man movies, people know them by multiple names. Some people just call them Spider-Man. Some people call them Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Some people call them the Raimi universe. It doesn't matter. That's what we're talking about today. So, I don't know that we need to recap the movies. Because, like, if you haven't (laughs) seen them, what are you doing? Like... I don't those are like the first they're they're all streaming on Peacock. So I would just say go check them out there. Yeah. The only thing is is like I do have a premium, so I don't know if they're premium or free, but if they're free, check them out. They are not. I can They're not. Them. Okay. All right. We just we discovered uh whenever we sat down to watch these that I no longer have the first movie in the trilogy. And I don't know what happened. I think maybe I have a vague recollection of someone stealing my copy when I was at the beta convention in 12th grade. Oh, no. Oh, man. <laughs> right? What kind of jerk sneaks into <laughs> one's hotel room and steals one's copy of Spider-Man? <laughs> Unacceptable. Unacceptable. A, a Dr. Octopus move. Uh, <laughs> well... We're going to kind of go through the movies and, you know, we'll do like a basic thoughts on the movies now that we've seen them again after, I mean, I don't know how often you guys watch them. I probably don't watch them that often, but they're older movies. Uh, and I just want to out right at the top, if you're going to go rewatch them, some of the CG doesn't hold up very well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, that is true. But if you yeah. think about when they were made at the time, it looked amazing. So we can't we can't fault it for that. But I just wanted to get that out of the way because that was my first thought when I watched them. Every single one of them because we watched all three. Number one, I was like, yeah, it was really old. Number two, I was like, yeah, it's also old, I guess. Number three, I was like, ah, 
I mean, yes. Okay, I just need to... Yes, these are older. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then we're going to kind of talk about what we think may come from these movies and show up in uh, No Way Home. So I'm excited. I guess we'll we'll kick it off with Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, I think Tobey Maguire was a good choice. Um, I think he did a good job. I think for a lot of people, he's what you think of when somebody says Spider-Man. I think now, having seen the other people that have been cast as Spider-Man, a Tom Holland's probably my favorite. I think he just embodies Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the first Spider-Man movie, Tobey Maguire embodied Peter Parker. But I think in the second two movies, he like, I don't know. It like wasn't Peter Parker. It was just Spider-Man. Um, but I don't know. That's personal thought. <laughs> uh, what'd you guys think watching them again? A lot of fun. <laughs> they're, they're fun movies. They are fun movies. Um, little different getting like especially with this year getting more into like film reviewing film criticism like you start looking at all these little details like spider-man one hit a lot different <laughs> like everything about that felt there was a lot of moments in that one to me it felt like it was just basically a clone of tim burton's batman mm-hmm you could definitely see how it was pulling so much inspiration from that, really trying to tick a lot of the same boxes because uh, Tim Burton's Batman is, is, I think it's very fantastic. And I know that kind of like drove a lot of popularity towards comic book characters. So I can definitely see it's paying homage to that. Um, I think even going to, I think I, I, it was just, you kind of like have to look at William Defoe as Green Goblin. He laughs a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, it was just basically like as much as he's laughing, I'm like, okay, I get it. You know, it's, it felt too, felt too much like the Joker there, mm-hmm. but I can't recall. It's been, it's, I need to revisit the animated series or any of those. Mm-hmm. Cause I grew up on those and it's been so long. So I don't remember if the character in that, had that same kind of laughing and doing that kind of... I think the Green Goblin, kind of yeah, he's always been kind of like a crazy villain. Yeah. 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 This was... Uh, I mean, Spider-Man's always going to be hold a special place because this was like the peak of like movie theater experience for me. I have to go back and... I think I was in junior high when this came out. But this was like that first experience of like shoulder to shoulder, lines out the door, lines around the building, just everyone itching to go see this. And just, uh, it's just leaving the movie theater. Everyone was just like, please tell me it's good. Please, like, mm-hmm. just they're just like, how is it? How is it? Tell me it's good. Tell me it's awesome. Like, just, well, yeah, oh, you have to, was... you have to think this was like at the very beginning of comic book movies as we know them yeah. now. Like, yeah, they had the really old ones, but, as far as like what we think about when we think about a comic book movie uh, for Marvel at least because yeah we, we had the yeah. Batman movies and stuff but this was kind of their first 
foray into that. And Mm -hmm. I think they did a good job. I see what you were saying about it being like more like the Batman movies where it was like they, they tried to stick a little bit almost too much to the comics. There wasn't a whole lot of like straying from the original storyline, which like now they stray in all kinds of ways that are, they do that. (laughs) I mean, but we'll, I'm sure we'll definitely talk about this. There is the one particular thing that still bothers me with the Raimi trilogy. Um, meaning kind of removing the love of just science and building things to mm-hmm. like, let's just make this more of a mutation. And it just, it's there. Mm-hmm. And um, I will say, yeah, he's the most like overpowered Spider-Man just because yeah. like he doesn't have web shooters. He just shoots the web. Yeah. So it is like, oh man, like, yeah, if, you know, when you're a kid, you're always like, oh, if I had three wishes, what would my three wishes be? Well, one would be to have Spider-Man powers, but it's like, but Peter Parker doesn't really have powers other than like, he's really strong and he sticks to stuff. But like the web shooting part isn't a power. Mm-hmm. That's just something that yeah. he has made and, and shoots it around. So it's like, no, no, you want to, you want to like be specific and be like, I want Tobey Maguire Raimi Spider-Man powers. <laughs> yeah. But I know we're not talking about this one yet, but I just like watched that scene because they go into that in Amazing Spider-Man 2 is actually go talk about the details of the powers that uh, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man has. So like it's interesting to see the differences there mm-hmm. and kind of the choices they made. But um, that's my initial thoughts on Spider-Man 1. It's still such a fun movie and it's... You, I guess you got to look at the A. Like, for me, like, I mean, I was, like, teenager right when this came out. So, like, yeah, this is my Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, like, you can also kind of look at it like a comic book light. Like, maybe they the mm-hmm. reason that they left that out was because they were like, nah, we're... People aren't going to care. People don't want to know about he has to refill cartridges to shoot his web. Maybe that was, like, maybe, they but... thought it would be too detailed, so they just kind of left it out hoping to get a younger audience. And I I don't know this, but this is always those things of like, I always was under the impression or understanding like there are certain rules for moving like something from like a book to a film where you just, you can't copy it a hundred percent. Like you have to like change it in some ways. And that I just viewed it as like, okay, this is like, they had to pick something to kind of make it unique and film, make it for the film. So this is one thing that they could easily do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where now it seems like that's loose. Because that's always been the biggest issue with, like, X-Men. Like, we can't get comment accurate costumes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. I think we're okay. I think we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Elisa? Um, well, the first note that I wrote down in big letters whenever I was watching this movie was Nostalgia. Because I've mentioned on this podcast before, this is the movie that initially got me into like any level of superhero movies. Like I was a youth and lived through slash survived the Schumacher era of the Batman movies. And that has always felt like something that wasn't for me. So I didn't have much of an interest in it. But then I just kept hearing about how good this Spider-Man movie was. And so I watched it. The first time I saw it was on DVD. I didn't even go to the theater to see this. But it blew my tiny mind on DVD. And, and that's when I went and bought my copy that got stolen. But <laughs> what, what I wrote at the top of my page, aside from nostalgia and big letters, 
was comic book movies are not this comic booky anymore. And then I also wrote comic books are not this comic booky anymore. It's something about like there's a buoyancy in the Raimi trilogy that is not in the Amazing Spider-Man or the Amazing Spider-Man Two. Like you guys were saying, it's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. It's bright. It's colorful. We do get kind of the kooky costumes here. Um, I will say though, after uh, watching it whenever I was young, and then having a long period of time where I didn't, a lot of things about this movie started to bother me. And it was things that I just totally accepted whenever I was a kid. It was like, oh, obviously, yeah, that's how it's going to go. And I'm sure we're going to touch on some of this stuff later. But now watching it as an adult, I was like, oh, no. I don't know how I feel about some of this stuff. But we'll get into it. It's still, still, it made me very, very happy to get to go back and watch all of these. Especially Spider-Man 2. I can't wait until later in this episode we get to Spider-Man 2. <laughs> Yeah, I I definitely agree that it was more, it was almost like it was, like, don't get me wrong, there are parts of the movie, specifically, like, Willem Dafoe getting, like, stabbed, and there's blood and stuff like that, so it's not like a children's movie, but it is made for a younger audience, I think, and then if you think about amazing spider-man and really comic book movies now period it's like they were made for us so they like keep aging them up along with us and getting more complex and more like ooh, what's gonna happen next whereas like a kid it was like no it's spider-man i'm going to see spider-man he's gonna fight the goblin and the next one i'm gonna go see spider-man and he's gonna fight doc ock and the next one i'm gonna see spider-man he's gonna fight a bunch of people so it was like it was more it was more fun and more lighthearted's not the right word but yeah, yeah comic book did uh did either of you watch the hot ones episode with uh, Holland yet? Yes. No. <laughs> you haven't watched it yet? No. Wait, is there something special? Is there a spoil like a spoiler? No. Well, no, it's okay. it, no. I mean, it's not a spoiler <laughs> towards the 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 upcoming film or anything, but they do touch base on like the inspiration around his films and like how much it's pulled from like John Hughes films. And so it's like kind of developing these characters. They really kind of looked at like, um, he's like, he said, uh, like, I guess it was like early on, they did a movie marathon and watched all of John Hughes films. Wow. To really understand like, you know, how he creates his characters and makes them real and kind of puts that. And so like, I really appreciate that. I think, going to because i haven't rewatched those ones yet but when i rewatch them i'm going to look at them in a whole different light um whereas here yeah it just feels like it's going like very very comic book heavy i do remember like i think i was very actively on watching the animated series Mm -hmm. so i think going into this one at that age i was probably like trying to see like does that show kind of carry over in any way Mm -hmm. And I, I like, you know, of course the web shooter bothered me. I think the other thing that bothered me was why did they go with Green Goblin over Hobgoblin? Because I always thought Hobgoblin came prior to Green Goblin. I think probably because that was another one of those things where they were like, let's make this more realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, honestly... Even with Doc Ock, I think going with Doc Ock as the second villain, I think it was because they just 
CG like was there, but like it didn't always look great and it probably cost a lot more than it does now. So like they probably had to think, okay, do we want to make a scary goblin man that we're going to have to CG for all these (laughs) scenes? Or would it be better to make something that looks more just like a person that we can cast and we don't have to do makeup and stuff like that all the time we can just kind of have an actor be there so it's probably probably just simpler to do it that way um i mean that would be my best guess just like but then who knows because they do all kinds of stupid stuff like make you know (laughs) uh, i'm trying to remember what the movie is maybe it's the thing remake where they like, they hired this company. I think what a workshop. Um, they hired them mm-hmm. to make like puppet and live action elements for the movie, mm-hmm. and so they did that. And then before they released the movie, they went and they covered up all of that work with CG stuff. And it was like, why would you oh, bother wow. doing that then? So who knows? I don't know that that's the actual answer for this case, but. It, it seems like it for me because I think that, you know, yeah. Batman, I don't know that those movies did great. So they probably went into this thinking like, meh, we'll see. I don't know that they went into Spider-Man thinking like, oh, this is going to be a hit. <laughs> They're probably like, let's, <laughs> I know, let's yeah. cut some corners to see what we're going to get as far as viewership. And then I think the second one they did go a lot heavier with with cg stuff but it all it all looked really good so i don't know that it wasn't like a definitely an issue even though well yeah there was definitely more cg but uh in in like close-up shots with doc hawk like they're all like there's all like puppeteers mm-hmm. working on which is really cool yeah yeah well, yeah they put more money behind it because they probably were like yeah the first one did really well let's amp this up a little bit <laughs> <laughs> As far as, like, the villains go, though, Willem Dafoe was such a good choice for the Green Goblin. I agree. He can totally sell that, like, maniacal thing. And it's, like, it's another, like, uh, it's another kind of, like, set of acting choices that you don't see a lot in these movies anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, he is, he gets pretty camp whenever he's playing uh, Green Goblin. But it totally works. And Mm -hmm. it's just... A lot of actors now just kind of shy away and they kind of prefer like a more naturalistic approach to all these characters and villains and things like that. But I, I kind of dig the over-the-top uh, Willem Dafoe method. I I loved Willem Dafoe. It, it hurt me to see uh, James Franco try to like match that in the third movie. <laughs> it just didn't work. It like he, I don't know, like I think he was doing it, he was taking it a little too seriously where like you said, Willem Dafoe is like, (laughs) yeah, he was a serious villain, but there was that little bit of like, almost like theater to it that Mm -hmm. made it just more like, I don't know, it fit that comic booky movie better. Whereas I feel like the seriousness that Franco brought to it in the third one, I was like, hey, you need to calm down. Like, you're acting in, like, a yeah. drama and everyone else is acting in a comic book movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But, like, counterpoint, Franco can go from being, like, doopy, amnesiac, adorable, to evil just by cocking an eyebrow. <laughs> That's pretty good. 
Very true. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't have <laughs> uh, as much wide, yeah. fun with it, but yeah. <laughs> but I, I did. It's like the I like Franco. The song. characters. <laughs> you gotta look at like the characters and the, their stories and how they're written. I mean, like Defoe. You know, he's like built this empire and they're kicking him out, and he's just irritated and frustrated, and he's had enough, and that's his motive to go. And then it's like Franco. It's like. You killed my daddy, boo-hoo-hoo. Mm-hmm. I'm going to cry about it and go. <laughs> they don't have a single conversation about it for like over a year. It could have been cleared up with a simple yeah. sit down with mm, each right. other. These two people who are apparently good friends and have been for years. Mm-hmm. Well, instead, yeah, they, I mean, have you, you've seen the, did we talk about the cut scene from the third one of uh, Franco and his butler or Harry, I guess, and his butler? And his butler's like, yeah, your father was the Green Goblin and I was helping him and now I'm going to help you. I don't know. There's there's like a scene that was cut from the movie. You can, you can go watch it. But uh, Interesting. It, so I, in when I watch this on Peacock, there is a scene, a scene in the third one where the butler's kind of like, I guess, in like the secret lab with him or something mm-hmm. and they're talking. And I don't really re- recall that at all maybe that's the same maybe i didn't watch on peacock i own them all so i just yeah. watched my copy but it's possible yeah. um but yeah there's there's like an maybe it's he just didn't extended. like tell him like yeah i don't he, I, the butler didn't like flat out say like hey your dad's your dad was a green goblin it's just kind of like harry discovers everything and then the, the butler just kind of pops up and he's like <laughs> I'm here for you, more or less. Yeah, it's it's more or less. It's weird that they threw that in there, yeah. but I don't know. I I really liked, uh, and I, I can't remember the actor's name, but I really liked the guy that played Doc Ock. Um, so I was excited. I heard Molina. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was excited to see. You know, in the first trailer. Everyone's like, who is it? Who is it? You saw the arm and it was like, that would be so cool. And then like, sure enough, it is. And I was like, this is, this is cool. Like, I'm excited they're doing this. The goblin laugh thing was one of those ones that I was like, well, that doesn't make sense. I mean, (laughs) if it's, if it's the goblin from Raimi universe, I mean, it could be the weird, gross goblin from amazing spider-man but or it could be harry i mean we don't we don't know but it it could also this could be like an alternate universe where he didn't die and that's how he's here i don't know none of us know (laughs) yet we'll find out next week but (laughs) i'm excited to see these people that did play these roles so well as comic book movie come into this new universe that we have where like everything is above and beyond and bigger and better and still comic booky, but for an older audience with (laughs) more complex themes and mystery behind everything where, like I said earlier, Spider-Man was cut and dry. Boom. It was just a movie. It was Spider-Man. If you were even a little bit, if you had read one Spider-Man comic, you knew what was going to happen in the Spider-Man movie. Two, same thing. Three was like a little different because you're like, whoa, what are we doing? But three felt like they got a little bit 
too big for their britches and thought they could put more <laughs> villains in there than they should have. Uh, oh, yeah. I can't wait to talk about that one. Can't wait to talk about that last fight. <laughs> but I don't know. I think there were some fun moments in Spider-Man 1, too. Like, if you, if you think about iconic moments from that universe or from those three movies, if I had to pick five moments from those three movies, probably three of those five moments are going to be from that first movie that are just, like, iconic Spider-Man moments. <laughs> so... It was a good... Which ones? Uh, the Mary Jane kiss. I mean, that's like Spider-Man yeah. 101, right? Yeah. Um, the, the like, training montage. Love. I love a good training montage. <laughs> I love it. And I don't know if you guys have seen it. Um, do you know who Corridor Digital is? They're, like, a YouTube group. They do all kinds of funny, like, video game-esque videos and stuff they're very cg heavy mm -hmm. but they've recently mm -hmm. started this past year the year before they started doing like rated r versions of all these movies and they <laughs> went in and like re-cg'd stuff um so they did like charlie and chocolate factory uh home alone james bond and then most recently they did spider-man and part of it is the training montage when he like swings into the building except when he hits the building he just explodes and i was like oh that's funny <laughs> Uh, and then my other one would probably be the the like got the end of the goblin fight just because i that was like again it was like the first one so you go see it and you're just like oh yeah. my oh my god he he's dead like oh he killed him but he didn't mean to he was just dodging it like mm -hmm. Good stuff. i think horrible <laughs> for me it was more of like the very last line that he says that's kind of the standout iconic moment of just like don't tell harry <laughs> and then dead <laughs> he died really through. quickly <laughs> yeah. so fast yeah i do want to talk just for I a second like about that. Oh no! Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. We can no, get to me later. You, 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 you. Uh, go. I was, I was gonna say there was something that I should have noticed the first few many times that I watched this movie that about the kiss between Mary Jane and Peter that I never seen before. What is with her shirt? <laughs> like, oh my gosh, these are supposed <laughs> to be teenagers. This is like a wet T-shirt contest. I was like, oh my lord, they can't put that in a movie for children. And again, it's especially weird and gross because she's supposed to be like 17 and so is he. It's like, uh, Sam Raimi, shame on you. And like, Mary Jane out there, this like, I love Kirsten Dunst. We know now that she's like one of the greatest actresses of her generation. And I think she's a good Mary Jane. But how many times does she get her life endangered or kidnapped in this movie? Like, it's way too many. <laughs> Like, they're throwing a lot at poor Mary Jane. And she also goes through, I think we lost count, technically four boyfriends. Because <laughs> she's got Flash, Joe Manganiello. And she's got Harry. And then she falls in love with Spider-Man. And then, at the end, she's like, I love you, Peter, not Spider-Man. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. That's just, that's a lot for poor Mary Jane to go through in, in one year. Yeah. Oh, also, like, unrelated, unimportant, but it's something that fascinates me. Um, Like... You know, uh, Kirsten Dunst is not naturally redheaded. 
And for some reason, they chose not to just dye all of her hair in this. She had like a wig thing, but they dyed just her bangs. And so I remember her doing all this press for the movie with just her bangs dyed and all the rest of her hair being blonde. And I was like, what a weird choice. Because it's not like they're even remotely going for like a natural look at all. Mm-hmm. Like it's like it's like fire truck red in this movie. <laughs> they do they do better by Mary Jane's hair in the next two movies. So good yeah. for Kirsten Dunst. I think But that, it's just it's such a weird choice. I think that that almost goes back to the it being comic booky. Like uh yeah. they mm. didn't want it to just be like a a natural redheaded color they were like no we gotta make it like comic book red so it's like fiery red <laughs> and it's like uh a red marker yeah right. <laughs> yeah uh, we need to find a list of like who were like the big actresses during that time and is there anyone else that would have made sense to play mj i don't know off the top of my head i'd have to research that but going into like mj and one other character like I think, yeah, visually, I think got pretty pretty good in regards with casting and kind of creating MJ. Uh, just kind of watching through this, it always reminded me of like the iconic screams in movies. Like, there's just like this bucket of movies where you just had that iconic scream when something happens, mm-hmm. and and I feel like we got that in this. And the other one, like I really appreciated, was uh, Aunt May. Oh yeah, oh. she's great. She was great. Yeah. She was fantastic. Yeah, um, that's an actress called Rosemary Harris. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was looking into that because she feels like just one of those icons because, mm-hmm. and I think it's just because I know her so much as Aunt May because a ton of what she's done has been uh, smaller stuff like BBC stuff and just a ton of theater. Mm-hmm. Like, she's obviously an incredible actress and she's still alive. I saw that too on her Wikipedia page. Oh, see. She's like, she- she's in her 90s. Still, like, they need to, like, get her on Zoom or get her in the (laughs) press just to talk about, like, Spider-Man, like, you know, and just kind of, you know, I'm I'm curious to see, like, how much she's kept up with Spider-Man or if it was kind of like, okay, I'm done, Mm -hmm. move on, next thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, She's great, and they, like you guys were saying, they did overall a a really great job with uh, the casting. We haven't even talked about J.K. Simmons yet. Oh well, yeah, I mean that. Let's just, mercy. let's just dive right into that because yes, <laughs> just, like that is just who he incredible. is for the rest of his life. I mean, that was the one person that like I don't know that they've recast him in any Spider-Man thing since then. He did the voice in the shows, like the animated shows. He did the voice in the animated games, animated games, like mm-hmm. they have live-action games right. in the games. <laughs> Uh, he came back in Tom Holland Spider Man. We we never get to see him in Amazing, right? I don't no, so. they just they talk about yeah. him and they, yeah, they like never I, show him. I'm in the middle of Amazing Spider Man too, so I, I've I've gone past the scene where like Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker like emails him and he just like instantly gets an email like immediately back and it's just like wrong. <laughs> like just you can just kinda hear his voice like <laughs> Um, yeah, the only yeah. I was just gonna say the only explanation is that they created some sort of machine to turn comic book characters into actors, and that created a J.K. Simmons. They let him yeah. go off and do other stuff, but he was born <laughs> for this role. He was, yeah, yeah. I like 
Yeah, 100%. I do have like kind of a weird idea for the casting though. If I was mm-hmm. like casting director, I might have flipped Tobey Maguire and James Franco. I might have made Spider-Man be James Franco. They made Tobey Maguire be Harry. No. <laughs> I couldn't do it. <laughs> I know. Peter is like supposed to be like the more innocent, the starry-eyed yeah. and all that sort of stuff. But Tommy McGuire has something about him that's very, very like prep school. I think he could have pulled off being like the billionaire son who's just kind of irritated with his dad and his stupid yeah. expectations for him. And as we saw in Spider-Man 3, whenever he's supposed to be in, <laughs> in an amnesiac, like Franco can kind of play like sweet and earnest whenever his brain isn't working. <laughs> so Franco's I, got he's got a vibe though, and his vibe just does not mesh with either to me, either Peter Parker or Spider-Man. I mean, yeah, I, I think that it's probably better this way, yeah. but I'm just saying I would have I would have taken a moment's pause <laughs> if I was the casting director. I'm like, okay, I'm we got two here. <laughs> curious if uh if each actor like read for the other part. That would be interesting, even to see like if they do have that videotape. Like, let's resurface that just so we can see Franco like <laughs> act like Peter Parker. That'd be. I wonder who all did read for it. I don't know. That would be something interesting to look up. Is who yeah. all was like in consideration for Peter Parker? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, a lot of that stuff usually just circulates on my feeds organically. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen some pretty fascinating reads, like especially for like the Batman movies. <laughs> like people read for Batman, and it's just really cool to kind of see see that and see other people get in the in the the Batman costume and just how like gives you a good visual of like how it would have looked if they went that route. But like really appreciate like what we ended up with. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite one of those ever is the audition for uh, the character of Jack in Titanic, and it was like Christian mm-hmm. Slater. And it was like, <laughs> I mean, he wasn't bad. He just, he definitely yeah. had that, that Heather's energy that <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not sure would have really gelled with uh, who he was supposed to be in the movie, but I would have watched it. I'd be like, all right, this is Jack. Yeah. <laughs> Great job, James Cameron. <laughs> he also does a really good job, I think, of casting his movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think of anyone... Like standouts. Do we want to talk about breakout songs? <laughs> <laughs> For me, like the bigger the bigger one's gonna definitely be Spider Man Two. Yes, um, I made so many notes about just the soundtrack <laughs> on Spider Man Two. Yeah. I owned it. I listened to it so much. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Spider Man One did have contemporary artist Macy Gray in a prominent role. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember. Like, I just remember being in the theater. I was like, oh hey, look. It's Macy Gray. <laughs> it's the I Try Lady. <laughs> yep. That was, uh, I was like, oh man, that's got to be huge. Like, she's going to like have so many album sales. <laughs> oh man. Let's see. Hmm. I also, for uh, Spider-Man 1, like, I know I said this earlier, but Joe Manganiello was Flash in this. What, what are they doing to Flash over the course of these movies? He gets so, so different across yeah. the three trilogies. And I think that the uh, the ultimate, the meathead Flash is Joe Manganiello. Yeah, yeah. He was definitely the best Flash, I think. Um, I mean, I love the one that we have in the Holland trilogy, but he's just kind of precious and adorable. <laughs> yeah. And, like, 
That's not that's not a villain. That's not a high school baddie. He's just a, he's a sad boy. Well, he dyed his hair in the most recent one, right? So maybe he's got a bad boy streak. <laughs> yeah, I think he wasn't he. He had like dark hair in the first two, and then dyed his hair blonde for the last one. I don't know. I just remember seeing it being like, that's weird. Um, I guess before we go into Spider-Man 2, is there anything, any clues in Spider-Man 1 that you think could appear in No Way Home? Is there any anything that stands out like, hmm, this, this could make sense to like bridge into No Way Home? I don't think so. I think that other than the fact that we're getting a goblin. Yes, but here's the here's the thing cuz uh, because I will bring this back up in the in the uh last episode. Mm-hmm. The goblin pumpkin bomb things, right? Mm-hmm. The one that we see land in the trailer for No Way Home mm-hmm. is I almost I will say almost because I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm like ninety nine percent sure that it is identical to the ones that Harry uses in the third movie, which I don't believe we see in the first movie. So I almost want to go back to my original thought of it's not Goblin, it's Harry Osborne Goblin. And that's why we see the same pumpkin bomb. I don't... It could be. I mean, I just don't know that... Because that would be really the only thing, right, from this movie that would show up in No Way Home. Because he was the villain in No Way Home. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, what we're going into this assuming is that the villains and the Spider-Men are the ones that come through. So... Mm -hmm. I don't know that it would make sense for anything else to come through. Um, you might have two lizards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unless we get this Dr. Connor. Well, I mean, because then he's all helpful and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Will we get uh, MJ? Oh, we might. Maybe. What if we get Gwen Stacy back? That's jumping too far ahead. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can only have one of those, oh, no. so. <gasps> yeah. spider-man 2 yeah let's let's gab about it (laughs) i think i've always liked the storyline for doc ock even Mm -hmm. later in the comics when like i think we talked about it on one of these podcasts but like eventually doc ock gets so old and so he's like dying He's in this giant iron lung and he can't move. And he figures out a way to transfer his mind into Peter Parker's body and does a mind swap with him. So then Peter Parker is stuck in Doc Ock's body. And of course, nobody believes him when Peter's like, I'm not Doc Ock, I'm Peter. Somebody needs to help me. Everyone's like, you're crazy. We're not going to help you. And then Doc Ock becomes Spider-Man. And he goes through the trials and tribulations that you would think someone would go through a Spider-Man where like originally he's like, I'm going to take the role of Spider-Man and he kills a couple villains and people are like, Whoa, 
what are you doing? That's not what Spider-Man does. Then he slowly turns into like a good Spider-Man and then he turns evil again and then Peter's able to swap minds with him again. But Mm. I think that if you read that comic storyline, it's one of the coolest, like, most messed with you storylines because you're getting to see a villain have the chance to be the hero and take it up to a certain point and then be like, no, no, I'm a villain through and through and he switches back. But I don't know. I just have always felt like that. That's a cool storyline, especially because that's kind of his story to begin with, right? Like he, he's trying to build prosthetics for people that have lost limbs. So he's coming at it from a good place and then he gets shut down and that's when he's like, you messed up because I made tentacle arms and now I'm a bad guy. So I just think he has the most, maybe not the most depth, but I feel like he, I don't know, Goblin was just like a rich guy that was like tired of just being a rich guy and turned into a bad guy. Like, Doc Ock has like a reason. I'm not like pro Doc Ock. I'm just saying like he, (laughs) yeah, there was, there was a catalyst for him turning into a villain and he's like a relatively believable villain. I mean like, yeah, the the Mm -hmm. arms are a little crazy, but they're just robot arms. He made robot arms and strapped them to his back and controls them with his mind. I mean, that's, people can do that now. Like, (laughs) right. So I think that of, of all of the, spider-man villains i mean of course like you know craven maybe mm-hmm. he's pretty believable as far as like someone could start a company and make robot arms and then go crazy and strap them on their back and turn into a villain like <laughs> so i i think that that that's my favorite that's one of the reasons that two is one of my favorite spider-man movies just because like we're seeing this villain be born and his reign of terror. I don't know. It's just like, oh, but it could happen. It's so believable. Air quotes. I'm doing air quotes, listeners. <laughs> it's so believable. Air quotes. So, I don't know. That's why I like it. <laughs> it also has the dumbest, cheesiest romance scene. Uh, when they're in the park laying on the spider web. Is that not in the third one? Is it? I thought it was in the second one. Some both, could be right? both. I think it's both. <laughs> they do the web thing a lot. That, <laughs> that's like their thing. It's like we're either going to lay in webs or going to do the upside down kiss. Yeah. They're just the laying in the webs in the park. Both kind of gross. Dressed as Peter Parker. <laughs> You're just like, right. how does nobody see you up there and think, hey, how'd those two get in that giant web? Oh, one of them's Why probably are so. <laughs> Why are they so comfortable up in that web? <laughs> it's pretty gross. Uh, I did write down that I thought Mary Jane was an idiot for leaving John Jameson for Peter. <laughs> I was like, he's an astronaut. He is a much better looking astronaut. I mean, she'd be related to J. Jonah Jameson, unfortunately, but... <laughs> Right. I think that's one of my issues with the Raimi Spider-Mans, though, is I don't think that the first movie, and, like, maybe maybe it's because they didn't know that they were going to do more movies. I don't know. 
but the first movie was like like I said it's pretty cut and dry it's like Peter his crush and a villain and he beats the villain and then starts dating his crush mm-hmm. and I think that was too fast for the Peter Mary Jane story because then in the second one they have to split them up again to then bring them back together and in the third one they have to split them up again to bring them back together and so it's like every movie they make Mary Jane the goal for Peter and it's like I don't know at some point you gotta mix it up and do something different like you shouldn't have made Mary Jane like he shouldn't win Mary Jane at the end of every movie I think it should have been more like at the end of the first movie, they're friends. Maybe at the end of the second movie, they have fallen in love but broken up by the end of the second movie. So then that way the third movie could bring in Gwen Stacy. You could have a little bit of thing there and then go back to Mary Jane at the end of the movie. I think that would have been fine, but there's just too much Peter trying to get Mary Jane. Like, let Mary Jane do her thing. Let her live her life. Stop making her... <laughs> this goal for Peter to obtain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they definitely don't do enough for Mary Jane. Although they, their whole, yeah, you're saying, what you're saying about the arc of their relationship is that it's weird because it seems like in the first movie they've been around each other their whole lives so they don't like know each other mm-hmm. and then they kind of keep crossing paths because of Harry and all that sort of stuff and then at the end she's completely in love with him and he's like, no, I can't. No, because you dated my friend, and I'm secretly Spider-Man, but I can't tell you that, so no. And and this one, she says that he's her best friend, even though all he has done, as far as I can tell, is just, like, blow her off all the time. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, we're not hanging out anymore. And then at the end, like, she leaves her big, glorious wedding. Right, yeah. <laughs> to go be with him. Yeah, for then the that next doesn't... movie to start, and they're not together again. And it's like... Just, yeah, because he's a big jerk to her. Yeah, it's like, just just either be together or don't be together, but stop making it where that's the end of every movie, is them coming together finally. Also, I have to reiterate, they're supposed to be like 20? And they're like, uh, not to get too far into the next movie, but he's like, let's get married whenever they're both broke and still <laughs> in school and got like nothing going on. Like, this is not... It would have been such a stronger trilogy. I think if they would have like allowed the characters to age up more. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and I think the same thing about uh, the Amazing Spider-Man, which we can get to later. But like, first movie they like start college. Why don't they just have them at the second movie? They're out of college. Mm-hmm. They're like 23, 24 now, and then the third one they're even further on in their lives because like Tobey Maguire was already twenty seven when they filmed the first movie. Yeah. And so we're supposed to believe in Spider-Man 3 that he's like 21 and he is mm-hmm. fully like 35 by then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. These classic moves. And I also <laughs> think... Yeah, that's why I like Holland so great because like mm-hmm. we're sticking with the high... Like they're in high school mm-hmm. and they're sticking with that and able to. And yeah, I mean, maybe they're all a little bit older, but it's far more believable but it also makes sense like in the in the holland ones they are doing them pretty much yearly ish right and and there's a bigger story to follow and all of these movies fit in line in that story 
So it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the Raimi trilogy, they make it seem like there's gaps of time between movies, but then in reality, there isn't a big gap of time between movies when they could have, because they they weren't tied to anything else. So they could have been like, here's Mm -hmm. Spider-Man coming out of high school. Here's Spider-Man after having been Spider-Man for a little while. And now Peter is trying to follow his science career and so we're going to get the Doc Ock story. And then years later, it's more of like a Peter, he's maybe getting tired of being Spider-Man. And that's when he gets the Venom suit and feels powerful again. And is like re-energized for being Spider-Man. But then he realizes that like it's not good. I don't know. that It would have made more sense to spread those out and give him different... yeah points in his spider-man career but let's look at like the big thing in two because i had to really kind of like think on this one again because this one was just like he basically says i don't want to be spider-man anymore and all powers are more or less gone (laughs) i say that but i mean it's like he does some things where yeah that should have probably killed him like no more peter parker Mm. but (laughs) Like, his powers and all that is, are still there, but it's just, like, the fact that he's just kind of, like, makes this decision of, like, I just want to try to be a normal person, and then no more web shooters, no more perfect vision. His strength is, like, there enough to where it doesn't kill him when there's some moments where clearly it probably should have. Right. I just don't know, like, that's an interesting decision to make. Like, that was so weird. Yeah, especially there, it's not like there was a a drug he could take or yeah power dampening bracelet he could wear there's there's nothing to explain the loss Versus of powers him being like the fact that he wants to be a scientist and he's so smart and knows all of this like if he just did want to be it like why not research a way to reverse everything mm-hmm. yeah i think he's mm. just whiny yeah, it's just <laughs> just, he is he's very just whiny. all stressed out in this one. Yeah, but he's also yeah, like, it's like they definitely want to emphasize that. Too. Yeah, but I've always thought that Peter was dumb because everybody in New York loves him, and I'm not saying that he should like profit off of being Spider-Man. I get that that's not his mo, but like. And, and again, this has nothing to do with these movies specifically because they weren't tied to anything else. But, like, he's Spider-Man. He has superpowers. There were the Avengers. Just talk to them. Or, like, I, I don't... I've never understood why Peter was like, I have to do this by myself. And it's like... Yeah, but in the comics, like, you know about Daredevil and Luke Cage and the Defenders and the Avengers and the West Coast Avengers and the New Avengers and, like, all of these groups of heroes that come together to work together. And yet Spider-Man is always like, I can't pay my bills and I have to do this all alone. And it's like, but do you? Do you need to? Like, you seem like you're making this harder on yourself for no reason. They, they also make a big deal about how Peter's having to pay for his school. And I'm like, if we're supposed to accept that Peter's such a brilliant student, how does he not have like any kind of a scholarship helping him out? Mm-hmm. It's right. kind of 
that is another thing that like doesn't make sense doesn't track with well, anything except trying to create more conflict yeah it's just well. he procrastinates he's probably just lazy it's like he's smart but he's being spider-man he can't apply for scholarships i think it also goes uh without saying that how is it believable for him to take all those photos and sell them from like the top of lamp posts <laughs> and everyone just accepts it they're like oh he's so good at taking pictures of spider-man and it's like you really buy that nobody's making this connection yeah like it's yeah. like that's like superman wearing glasses and everyone is like oh hey clark and you're like no you guys are really dumb <laughs> oh I, there are... I want to say something i can't oh, y'all, do haven't, it. y'all haven't watched it yet no nope. nope. wait is it from the it's from what was uh, released today. Oh. oh. Nope. Oh, no. No, no, I'm, I'm not, nope. not going to watch it. Staying away from it. <laughs> I will. I think you will be fine if you watch it. It's like 30 seconds. <laughs> but, but, and it's boy, incredible. boy, oh, but boy. But we don't know that. Boy, oh, boy, are you going to be really <laughs> upset when you go see this movie and that's not even in it? You're going to be like, <laughs> ah. You know, the, that's like... I've got a bucket of movies that's like that growing up where like I leave like go see with my brother, my best friend, and we just leave and we're like, wait, there was this scene in the trailer and they didn't show it. Like, what's what's what did they do? What's going on? Yeah, that's why I don't want to watch it because part of me is like, yeah. is this some weird misdirect that they're gonna pull? <laughs> oh, geez, that would be crazy. Um, Doc Ock. Let's talk more about Doc Ock because yeah, he's the only thing his... that we know for sure from these movies what's yeah i mean we definitely know he's gonna be in no way home but it's like spider-man 2 what i'm still struggling like what was his end goal like it's just it's it's like he's just so focused on proving everyone wrong like i figured out this one thing and i'm gonna show you that i can do it make it work and then it blows up and it's like now these arms are attached to me forever but i'm still gonna go prove you wrong yeah. But now yes. I got to go be a bad guy and steal a bunch of money so I can like rebuild the thing. And yeah, I think in the it's a powerful motivator. Yeah, <laughs> I think in the comics it's like uh, he's being funded to do mm-hmm. all this work, and then they pull his right. funding, and so then he's like, "Well, I still want to do this work, so yeah. I'm gonna go steal money to fund my work." And it's like, dude, there are other people that offer grants for work like this. Yeah. You don't need to immediately be like, "I don't have money." Life of crime. That's, it. That's the only <laughs> other option. Yeah, so Spider-Man's full of just procrastinators and just people that are... <laughs> yeah. As long as you can tie This was the to. only thing... Yeah, this was the only thing I was really honed in on that I could see being some kind of connection into um, No Way Home. I feel like he's probably going to have a big role there. And it's just like the whole time I'm just looking, it's like, is he kind of... Is what he building going to, could could that lead into like a multiverse like you know he's doing all this fusion technology but you know just looking at it, it's like could whatever he's done without him knowing could create a multiverse mm. or something it could i mean um, i guess we don't really know like from the trailers we all assume that it's mm-hmm. the spell going wrong right right mm-hmm. but we've also watched loki so do we assume that it's actually Loki? Yeah. Or do we assume it can be that, two things. Yeah, like Loki started it and 
all of these other events are like mm -hmm. tying these split universes together. And so maybe it is mm -hmm. like a, the spell went wrong and that brought Sandman and Lizard, but mm -hmm. and, and Electro, but then the fusion reactor explosion brought Doc Ock and Goblin. So mm -hmm. it's like now we have two different events bringing people from two different universes. Like, I don't know. Marvel doesn't even know. This is just a... <laughs> they know. They know. They're just not sharing yet. <laughs> There's the chart in Kevin Feige's bedroom. Right. And like, how does the, how does the quantum realm come into multiverse? Like, I still... I still can't quantum understand realm is what, that. It's all <laughs> Ant-Man's fault. Mm -hmm. This is, in reality... It's whatever Ant-Man's doing Thanks that a caused lot, everything. Scott. <laughs> I am still not sure that Alfred Molina is going to have a much bigger role than the other villains. I think maybe the reason why they are featuring him so prominently is because Molina blabbed about being in the movie and no one else did. And so they're like putting him front and center because they basically have to. They're like, okay, well, everybody knows you're in this stinking thing now, mm -hmm. so... We'll use you and all of our stuff, even though we've got all these other villains who are also going to have a big part. I mean, I could be wrong. It could be that he was there for most of the filming, and so that's why they're... Uh, well, he, and also why he talked about it. He wasn't in the fight. like the. I mean, what I assume is going to be the big fight where we saw Sandman and Electro and, and Lizard. Mm -hmm. But Doc Ock wasn't mm -hmm. a part of that. So I think that being the other scientist here i'm thinking that maybe doc ock flips and mm -hmm. is like i have to help you guys figure out how to get us back to our own universe yeah and like maybe you know he wants to he's still a villain so he's like trying to steal tech or something i don't know but but i could see it being more of like a he's like uh-oh something's wrong i need to get back to my universe if yeah. I work with Spider-Man. I don't know. That's just my thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's uh, it's probably the biggest questions on most fans mind right now is, will we get moments where all of these villains are fighting Spider-Man at the same time mm -hmm. on screen? Or is it going to be kind of like end up being like that? Like we kind of see them sprinkled throughout and, it's like how to spite it and it's really like that's what I'm thinking about right now is like what's the anxiety and stress this is going to give Peter Parker if like they're all there and then they all just kind of disperse and go do their own thing <laughs> and then it's like what do I do? Who yeah. do I go after? Yeah. And maybe that like, I mean maybe that's what the next Spider-Man movies are about that maybe in this movie he's able to beat two of them or three of them but the rest have dispersed yeah. and so then the next it's going to be like all right, who in the Sinister Six do I hunt down now? Okay, here here's another thought. We haven't even talked about this, or I don't. The the mystery guy in Amazing Spider-Man. We're jumping, we're jumping all over the place. We're <laughs> we're pulling a no way home. But you know the mystery guy that we never really see in the Amazing Spider-Man. What if he shows up, and he's still like on his mission to like create the Sinister Six and do all that? I mean, maybe. <sighs> That is that is probably my biggest upset from mm -hmm. comic book movies is the the buildup that we got at the end of Amazing Spider-Man 2 that led to nothing. 
Like they did, they, yeah. They, yeah. they didn't even just recast him and make another movie. They were just like, we're done, done with that. And it's like, but you, you literally ended the movie on a cliffhanger essentially to set up more movies that then you just were like, nope, Andrew Garfield ruined it for all of you. So, and it's like, ah, just fire him and hire somebody else. Like, I don't know why you, why you take it out on us, but. My poor little Garfield. (laughs) But maybe this is their chance. This is their chance to pull and maybe they're going to pull a couple people from that and put them in this universe and. I mean, I don't see this movie ending with them wrapping up this problem. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Multiverse of Madness is coming up and Quantumania is coming up and we already know that those are going to be dealing with this fractured universe. So it wouldn't make sense to me that Strange does a spell wrong. If it is Strange, mm-hmm. still don't know. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. still don't know that. So it wouldn't make sense to me for him to mess up the spell, bring people from another universe here, and then tidy everything up before the movie ends and send them all back to the universes. It would make more sense for them to disperse and maybe a couple of them are sticking around and they're only able to send some of them back or like close the holes to those universes so no one else gets through, but they need to go find everyone that did get through and put them in those magic yeah. little boxes. <laughs> I don't know. Well, as, from a villain's perspective, yeah, I feel like they're going to want to stay because they know if they go back to their timeline, they're done. Mm-hmm. They're gone. And now they've all met each other. Yeah. So it's like, well, we've got this team. <laughs> Speaking of teams, let's get to the movie that I'm most excited to talk about, which is <laughs> Spider-Man 3. I'm going to say hot take. After rewatching them all, it has greatly moved up in my rankings for Spider-Man movies. Uh, I think Venom is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) But having said that, I think Sandman and apart from being a little too serious, Harry's Goblin, Revenge Goblin, whatever you want to call him. I think that those two were done pretty good, pretty well. Like, I really liked Sandman's story, apart from them trying to shoehorn him into being the one that killed Uncle Ben. Like, I thought that was, that mm-hmm. just take that out. That doesn't need to be a part of it. But, like, I think he is, a, a, a cool villain, and, B, sticking to that comic book theme, they gave him a bunch of moves from the comics like his hand mm-hmm. turns into a giant hammer and his hand turns into mm-hmm. a giant fist and his hand turns into a ball of spikes on it and it's like yeah this is cool and the part where spider-man like when he's stealing money and spider-man kicks him in half and his legs turn into sand as they fall off the side <laughs> of the thing and he's like just a torso on the thing i was like this is oh this is so cool like <laughs> he turns into a giant sand monster like oh i like sandman okay I think Sandman was overall like, yeah. I mean, the story thing to me was lazy. <laughs> this is stuff we were talking about earlier. So, like, I'm the opposite. I feel like this is actually going to end up going down my list. Um, It was just hard. It was, it's, 
I don't know. It's a fun watch, but it's it was a struggle at at times. <laughs> like I feel like uh, in regards to like Franco, I liked Franco in definitely in one and two. I think two Franco is my favorite version of him. This one not as much. I think the goblin moments were really good, but like we definitely got the iconic like memes and gifts from Franco <laughs> from this film. <laughs> <laughs> just like the the whole like waitress scene like just watching that just put a smile on your face but it's like that's used every day now by everyone yeah. but I, I almost think that that adds to to my liking of this movie because there are so many p- parts that like when i watched it the first time i was like this is stupid this is so dumb but now i'm like i can enjoy it as like a funny moment like oh this is comedy yeah. like comedy comic book movie like um <laughs> oh what do they call him bully mcguire like that is probably one of the dumbest things in any marvel movie but now when i watch it i get so much joy out of seeing it because you're just like <laughs> no you're just like oh what does he do and like like i can't get joy from that i mean that was just like why are we yeah. getting this I want to dance. I want to flirt with every girl. I'm emo, and it's like it's weird because it, it's almost like they it goes from one moment where they were everyone was like into him to like everyone's just like you gotta <laughs> no like yeah I can't I can't enjoy it because it's just like my whole body goes into like super cringe mode. So it's just like I'm a little <laughs> sore after watching that movie. It's just. That this could be the biggest troll of all time if McGuire's like, I will be in No Way Home, but only and only if I play Yeah, bully emo yeah. spider emo Peter Parker. <laughs> more, more bully McGuire, bully. man. <laughs> I really hope that if he is in this movie that he finger guns somebody. <laughs> I don't care when, but if he if he just like pops out of the portal and like kicks Goblin off his goblin glider and then Finger guns, Tom Holland. I'll be like, yeah. I want him to do that to uh, Garfield. <laughs> are Are we gonna get the the circle with them pointing scene? <laughs> I almost. I mean, like, they did it in uh, in Spider Verse, so. I I almost feel hopefully. like they, they can't not put that in, right? Like, it's such an iconic thing that it's like... Even Even if it's a bonus credit, like, I'm Mm -hmm. totally okay with that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it'd be great if they made fun of it. Like, if if one of the (laughs) in-credit scenes was them all like, okay, okay, everybody ready? Everybody ready? And then they all point at each other, like they planned it. Like, oh, I think that'd be great. There's something else I really wish I could share, but I can't (laughs) because it ties in with this so well, and I just can't. Don't you dare. Oh, man, y'all are missing out. (laughs) Okay, so here's why I think they should have taken Sandman out of this movie. (laughs) First of all, he punched a dog. That makes me hate him. Secondly, his his plotline is the most extraneous to what's happening to Peter in this. I know that Raimi wanted Sandman, and he would have liked to have focused, like, just on Sandman, and maybe also Harry. Um... But still, the whole, like, central conflicts in this movie are uh, that there's this uh, gulf kind of between Peter and Harry. They've been good friends, and then they've had this thing come between them. 
So it makes sense that one of the villains he has to fight is Harry. And Venom is a reflection of his ego that he's been dealing with this whole movie. That's basically torn his entire life apart. So that makes sense. And so the only way they can make Sandman have some sort of personal beef with Spider-Man is to retcon it to where he's the one who shot Uncle Ben. And it's so stupid, and I hate it. And, and Sandman himself is just like... Like, Thomas Hayden Church is, like, a good actor. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that they cast him. I forgot, like, how hot of an item he was whenever this movie came out. Like, he had just, like, been... I can't remember if he won an Oscar or was just nominated for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was, like, he was, like, a big deal. But Sandman's whole vibe is just so sad and morose and other words for sad. And it's, I just threw off the vibe of the movie. I'm, I mean, he's not the reason why it goes off the rails, obviously. But it's just, it's it was too much to juggle. It made it a worse film. They could have right. saved him for his own movie, his his own other beef with Peter. Well, here's here's my counter yeah. counterpoint slash idea. <laughs> Because I agree that there's too many. I think if they had taken Venom out of this movie and it had been a struggle between Peter and Harry, but then Sandman comes along, and so all of a sudden Peter is trying to deal with this problem with Harry, but also deal with being Spider-Man and stopping Sandman from destroying the city, I think it would have given him... Because like that's whole... that's. Peter Parker's whole MO, right? Is that like mm-hmm. he is trying to deal with normal life crises, crises along with city destroying villains. So I think yeah. I think if they had just taken yeah. Venom out because like let's be real, like sorry Topher Grace, love you. Yeah. <laughs> we watch that 70s show every year. Yeah. I you were not it's, Eddie Brock. No. <laughs> no. No. He's wrong version. He's yeah. like he's like a cartoon yeah. douchebag. It's Oh yeah. Yeah, he, he doesn't work as Venom at all. I will agree yeah. to that. As Venom. I can kind of like I'm not as familiar with Eddie Brock as a character outside of this movie, but if he is just supposed to be kind of like a you know, jerk, sleazy reporter, then I can see why he might have interpreted it to be like the Willem Dafoe school of over <laughs> over the top acting. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the character villain, uh, the character of Venom, I think is a good fit for the movie. Probably miscast. Mm-hmm. And it's just um, the whole thing is just too many and too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we could have cut any of the villains and probably made it a stronger movie. Just trim it by one. <laughs> Yeah, I've got to I've got to drop, so I'll just share my final thoughts and then let y'all wrap this up. But yeah, like I I it's I like that idea, Drew. Like I think that's really solid. Like on the flip side, just the whole setup for Venom was lazy. Mm-hmm. You know, if they would have wanted to focus a lot more on Venom, they could have you know brought back in John Jameson and focused more on his mission and the mm-hmm. fact that like because they just made it like this little meteorite just lands and has Venom versus like you know his mission is what brings venom back to earth Mm -hmm. because there's there's weird moments where we see venom and it's like okay this is really interesting like okay this is new and like it's it you know kind of just latches on it's falling and then it's like what's venom doing (laughs) yeah like there's so many delays where we just we have to believe that venom's just like chilling in in his peter parker's apartment yeah like that yeah as a suit just wasn't making any sense like that just felt lazy like i'm just gonna hide out and 
not find a host. Like you would think it immediately would want to find a host, right? Because mm-hmm. especially if you look at like the newer Venom movies, that's what it does. It bounces around mm-hmm. because it has to find a host it can connect with to, to keep living. Otherwise, it's going to die. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a and, symbiote. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and that's so tacky of like you know you know this, we're bringing back in uh, Connors, which I think now we get a better visual of them, so we can see that they did go comic accurate with one arm, and because mm-hmm. I don't even remember paying much attention to see if we even saw that in like the first movie or the second. Um, you just kind of hear the name drop and all that, but um, yeah, I think all of that just kind of brought it down. Um, horrible representation of Eddie Brock, you know, instead of getting like the you know, kind of like the the builts, like just kind of mm-hmm. you know meathead style. Right. Well, I would Eddie Brock. Been, I would have been fine if when Venom took over, he became uh-huh. beefy, or he gets like that. I would, si- yeah, I would yeah. Been we're fine getting with like, that, but instead of they're his... going more. Yeah, they went more with like the anti Spider Man, mm-hmm. like the the clone, like same yeah. kind of figure. Another skinny. It's just you've got good and evil. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and why did he have teeth? Um, when Peter had on the Venom suit, he didn't grow fangs. Right. But when Eddie Brock has on the Venom suit, he has fangs. And it it, yes. it bothers me every time he opens his mouth. Yeah. Like, There's so, much, so many of those things are very bothersome, yeah. Um, I don't know. This one, I think, is going to drop on my list. Like, um, I'm get, as I'm re-watching these, I'm definitely getting more appreciation for some of, of the other films that were low on my list. So, too much wasn't feeling emo spider <laughs> and <laughs> and it's tough i'm not feeling it but it's like the, the this wasn't a, i mean it's it's gonna go down like you, everyone there's so much like pulled from this in today's culture so we won't get away from it <laughs> um but yeah i wish they could have done a little bit more um i think Remy had a good vision i think if he would have been given more creative freedom uh, to potentially like do a proper trilogy ending or extend it out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Could have gotten something really cool. I think that this could have been the Iron Man of the yeah. MCU. Like right. this this could have kicked off the MCU. This yeah. But I think they just cut it short and then Marvel was like, Hey, remember that Spider Man movie everyone liked? What if we did that but like bigger? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's still fun watches, um, like you said, nostalgia, uh, everything from just the movie itself to the music. Um, we kind of mentioned that when you stepped away, like <laughs> the the vindicated song probably is my favorite um, going Ooh. down. But uh, we cannot discount yellow cards, gifts, and curses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah yellow card was was big then. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. Peacock, if you're listening, sponsor us. Everyone, go watch these on Peacock. Yeah, and then add and give give me a premium subscription. <laughs> and add the it. other it's Spider-Man it, movies. <laughs> I know. I don't know where those are. I just I went and purchased those because I couldn't find them streaming anywhere, any service that I had. So I'll go back and buy Raimi's trilogy. I think I just own the first movie on DVD, so I need to get like Blu-ray or 4K. I'm sure there's a cool set. Comes with a mask. Oh, yeah. That'll be the hottest Christmas Christmas <laughs> item, I bet. Anyway, I'll see y'all later. Thanks for listening, everyone. Y'all can wrap the show up, and I'm out. Cool. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Bye. All right, Elisa. What are... You got any other thoughts on this uh, this third movie? Where What you think maybe we'll see from it? 
Uh, what we might say from Spider-Man 3. Well, we're definitely not going to say Topher Grace as Venom. That's for sure. I mean, but, but, I think we're pretty sure. I mean, <laughs> that, that explosion <laughs> somehow didn't blow pieces of anything anywhere. He just disappeared. So what if he disappeared to this universe? I mean, I would honestly think it was hilarious if they brought, <laughs> if they brought Topher Grace back. Um, but it seems like they're probably going to be trying to get uh, the new Venom, whose name I always know, and it's escaping me right now. Um, oh, uh, I was like Eddie Brock? <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Uh, gosh, what is his name? Tom Hardy. Yes. Tom Hardy. Yes. Tom and Tom. Best known as Heathcliff in the BBC adaptation <laughs> of Wuthering Heights. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I think that we'll get uh, that Venom this Sandman. I would honestly be kind of stoked if they brought in uh, James Franco's Goblin. Yeah, I think it makes the most sense because, I mean, talking about the explosion, we, we literally <laughs> see the pumpkin bomb that we saw in the Tom Holland... I keep calling it Tom Holland Spider-Man. Uh, in No Way Home, in the No <laughs> Way Home trailer. The pumpkin bomb that we see laying next to the car is... I, I'm telling you, it's identical to the one in Spider-Man 3. So... <laughs> I think that maybe we do, especially because we even talked about it the last time we talked about Spider-Man when the trailer came out, that the the goblin that we see flying doesn't look like Green Goblin. It looks like Harry as Goblin, just on a glider instead I mean, of on his weird floating snowboard. I mean, it could be both. Maybe they bring them both on and it, like it's Harry from after he's lost his dad, but it's Goblin from before he died. And so it's the first time that Harry's seen his mm. father. Wouldn't that be? Ooh. That would be crazy. Because I actually thought the same thing with Venom um, after mm -hmm. watching it. I was like, what if, you know how in the trailer we see Spider-Man in like a black suit and it has like the Doctor Strange symbol? I was like, mm -hmm. what if Doctor Strange captures Venom from the Raimi universe? Because in the explosion, if you look down at the floor, there's like little tendrils. Like, psh, 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 psh. so like, mm -hmm. I would assume that he didn't just wipe Venom out with that bomb. Um, so like, what if a little bit of that Venom comes to this universe and attaches to Tom Holland through Doctor Strange, but then Tom Hardy Venom is there as well. And maybe that will be the venom that we get for the rest going forward. Mm. It's possible. <laughs> I mean, that's everything is possible at this point. We just don't know. We're given little tidbits of things. Yeah. I, and that's it. I know that Tom Holland has signed on for three more Spider-Man movies. Mm -hmm. I really hope that in one of these movies they kick it to Miles Morales. Whether mm. whether it's I mean, like he trains him or something happens. I don't know. I just like, I think we are coming to the end of the Peter Parker era. And with all the other Spider-Man, Spider-Men out there and women, we should move on to another version. Even though Tom Holland is yeah, yeah. such a good Oh, one. he's great. I don't want him to go away forever. I just mm -hmm. want to also see a different Spider-Man. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it'll be good to uh, 
to get some other Spider-Man <laughs> in this. Hey, what if they bring in, uh, like, Reeve Carney, who played him in the musical? Yeah. All about it. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> or I, I really want there to be, like, a live-action Spider-Verse, which I know, you know, is kind of what this is. But, mm-hmm. like, I would love to see Spider-Gwen and... Miles Morales and Spider Noir and I mean Gosh, if they got Nick Cage in this thing, can you imagine? Yeah. Can we believe? <laughs> I think it'd be so much fun. <laughs> they could they could have a lot of fun with this. So I guess we'll find out next week. Mm-hmm. Gosh. <laughs> so soon. Well, I think that about wraps it up for a Raimi trilogy. Uh watch through (laughs) and uh you can all look forward to another bonus episode coming next week where we are going to talk about the amazing spider-man one and two and spider-verse because you know what something from spider-verse could come through it's possible (laughs) (laughs) spider-ham i would lose my mind it's i think it would be really funny but i'm on the flip side, I'm like, please don't make a live action spider pig. <laughs> but, you know, just we'll leave that. Unless it's just like a pig that wanders on to uh, the scene and they're all like, okay, where'd he come from? But he's just like casually wearing his little leotard. Yeah, that'd be funny. I'd, yeah, I'd be fine with that. As long as he doesn't then stand up, make a joke and shoot some web, you know, we'll leave that to Howard the Duck. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> thank you all for listening. Definitely be sure to go watch Spider-Man before you listen to our No Way Home episode. Because I think that we have been trying really hard not to get things spoiled. So we don't want things to be spoiled for you as well. So careful out there on Twitter. Careful out there on social media this week. Uh, especially if you can't see it this week. This coming week, I guess, technically. Um, and check back next week. For not only our second Spider-Man special episode, but also for our normal Hawkeye episode, uh, which will come out on Wednesday for Patreon (laughs) and Thursday for everybody else. So thank you all for listening. And uh, you got a Spider-Man one-liner? Oh, uh, my husband uh, had an amazing comment while we were watching the movies, and it was whenever... (laughs) It was whenever Doc Ock is in the bank and is stealing all the bags of, like, the gold coins. <laughs> and Mason goes, gold coins? What is this, a bank for pirates? <laughs> and so that's my sign-off. What is this, a bank for pirates? <laughs> we'll see you all next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack 
for free shipping and 365-day returns.